Hello, and welcome to the White's Chapel Sermon Podcast. We're so glad you've taken the time to listen to our weekly sermons. This is a quick way to enjoy or even revisit a recent message. We're continuing, as you know, as you see, our series playlist. Uh, we've, we're doing all kinds of things with music over the course of this series. We're covering these songs and connecting them to a scripture. All of our pastors have put together our favorite five songs, and those are on Instagram. I think mine got posted today. So if you want to go look on Instagram and judge me, you are now free to do that. Uh, hopefully, y'all are country fans. Otherwise, you're not going to like it. Uh, but we are continuing this series. We're singing a song that y'all selected, and we're connecting it to a scripture because uh, I think we can see there is some scriptural biblical truth in these songs. Last week was Home by Philip Phillips. Uh, this week, Cole plays uh, Fix You. Fix You is one of the most famous songs of the last 20 years. And as I joked, it's, it's by the British uh, band Coldplay off of their album X and Y. And it's one of their most popular tunes. In fact, uh, in September 2021, Rolling Stone did this really long article where they tried to list the top 500 songs of all time. And Fix You came in as the 392nd greatest song of all time, which doesn't sound all that impressive, 392nd, but there are a lot of songs. Uh, so uh, it's a great song. There's no debating that. Uh, but as great as the song is, what I think is maybe even greater is the story behind the song, the story behind how it was written. Fix You was written by Coldplay's frontman, uh, Chris Martin. Uh, at the time, he was married to Gwyneth Paltrow before she was in all the Marvel movies. And um, after they got together, uh, pretty quickly after they got together, uh, his wife, Gwyneth, uh, her father passed away. And so he went and sat down uh, just a couple of days after her father died, and he wrote this song, Fix You. And it was supposed to be this, this love letter, these words of support for her as she walked through grief. And so if you didn't know that story, and maybe you did, but if you didn't, I want to reread the lyrics with, with that now in mind. It's, and the tears come streaming down your face when you lose something that you can't replace. When you love someone, but it goes to waste, could it be worse? Lights will guide you home and ignite your bones, and I will try to fix you. His message to his wife is that his love for her is, is bigger than the pain she's experiencing, that he's going to be there, loving her and supporting her and comforting her in the midst of her loss. And I think we're going to see a very similar message of support in our scripture. We're going to be in uh, Isaiah tonight. And similar to last week, we're going to see a prophet who is speaking to uh, people in the context of the Babylonian exile. You remember last week, we read from Jeremiah. And Jeremiah is writing to the Israelites uh, who have just then gone into exile. They had just been forced out of Jerusalem. Solomon's temple had just been destroyed, and they find themselves uh, kind of lost. And Jeremiah writes to them and says, okay, this place that you are now, go ahead and make it your home. Plant gardens and build houses and have children and have those children have children and, and build a legacy, build a family, build a community. He says, you're going to be here for a while. 70 years specifically. But our scripture for tonight, Isaiah is now speaking on the other end of that 70 years. 
So Isaiah is writing the people as this long exile is now coming to an end, and he speaks to where they are now. Seventy years, they've been far from home, forced out of the comfort of their community in Jerusalem, and they found themselves in this, in this strange land surrounded by people who are nothing like them, who worshipped different gods, who were antagonistic toward them, and they made a home there. But after everything they've gone to, through, they're tired, and they're weary, and they're weak, and their faith is starting to waver. And so this is what the prophet Isaiah says to the people. This is Isaiah chapter 40, verses 28 through 31. Hear the word of our Lord. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint and strengthens the powerless. Even youths will be faint and be weary, and the young will fall exhausted. But those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Okay, both our song for tonight and Isaiah's words to the Israelites speak two truths that I think we all need to hear tonight. And the first is to be patient. Isaiah writes to the people and encourages them to wait for the Lord. He says, I, I know that you're tired and weary and weak. I know you're exhausted. But this exile is about to come to an end. But until it does, be patient and know that God is with you. Know that God is in this. Be patient because those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. He says, wait. Wait for the Lord and you will find new strength. You'll mount up with wings like eagles and fly. See, there is power in waiting. There is power in patience. When we're patient, we're expressing a trust that God is at work. We're expressing a trust in God's timing. Even if it means that we have to be faithful for 70 years in exile. See, patience is a virtue that we shouldn't underestimate, but I think we often do. I think we often dismiss it. Uh, the patron saint of patience is Saint Monica. Monica was born in 322 AD, and she was raised in a Christian home in Tagaste, North Africa. And she was given in marriage when she was young to a pagan man named Patricius. She also lived with her mother-in-law, uh, which I'm sure was a joy for her. Uh, her mother-in-law was a pagan as well, and the story goes that her mother-in-law constantly criticized her, which I'm sure, again, none of you have ever experienced. Uh, well, Monica prayed for years and years and years for the conversion of her family. But years went by and nothing changed. But still, she loved them and cared for them. She showed them kindness, and most of all, she was profoundly patient. Monica had three children with Patricius. She tried to have them baptized, but her husband refused, and that, of course, really upset her. Of these three children, she had two that were fairly mild-mannered, did what she asked, but she had that one kid. Maybe you do, too. She had that one child that, that just fought her every step of the way. The most difficult one of all caused her the most pain, and she tried everything to encourage him toward the faith. 
But again, he relentlessly pushed back. Well, one day she discovered when he was uh, a young adult that he had joined a cult. And this cult was sort of hedonistic in lifestyle. It's kind of a do whatever you want, it doesn't matter. And this broke her heart. And so she went to him immediately and tried to get him out of this cult. And she, she, she tried to get him back on track, to love him that much more. But he wouldn't have it. Well, one night, uh, he told his mother that he was going to, to the dock to say goodbye to a friend. But instead, tired of his mother's pursuit, he got on a boat and sailed from North Africa to Rome. And his mother was heartbroken uh, when she learned of his trick. But she did what I'm sure a lot of moms would do. And she just went to Rome. She chased him down. When she got to Rome, she discovered that he had left Rome and was in Milan. And so she got on a boat and went to Milan. She pursued him. Uh, throughout her entire life, this was the story of Monica. She was, she was patient. She was persistent. She never gave up. She waited well. She waited for the Lord. And she never once let her frustration stop her from loving her family and treating them the way that she believed Christ had called her to. Well, after 15 years of prayer and patience and waiting, just a year before his death, her husband and his mother were converted to Christianity and were baptized. And just a few months after that, that eldest son of hers, the one that she chased around the globe, the one that gave her more fits than anyone, the one she had to be more patient with than anyone, he did too. And his name was Augustine. Better known to us today as St. Augustine of Hippo, uh, he is credited as one of the most influential theologians and church fathers in history. His work is read in seminaries all over the world, and genuinely, his, his uh, impact on Christian thought is hard to describe. And his story all started with a mother's patience. It all started with a mother waiting on the Lord, waiting and being patient, trusting that God was with her in her weariness. And eventually she, she flew on wings like eagles. I think Monica's heart and Chris Martin's heart in writing this song and, and God's heart in our scripture are all in line. Every one of them express this, this message of saying, look, I'm here. I will be patient with you. I'm not going anywhere until you're better. I will try and fix you. And this is an important reminder for all of us still. God was at work in the Israelites' exile. And God was at work in Monica's persistence. And God is at work right now in whatever challenge you're experiencing tonight. Maybe the call for you, maybe the call for all of us is to wait on the Lord. I think this is where I am in my life right now. Uh, my wife is pregnant, and we had a lot of trouble to get to this point. We had some pretty significant fertility issues, and now we're pregnant. And we're so excited, crazy excited. I bought a, a Mavs onesie today because I just, I had to. She's got to be a Mavericks fan. Uh, but I, I, we're so excited to actually have this baby. But right now, we have to wait. And I have to remind myself that God is at work very literally right now forming this little girl. 
And I've got to be patient. It does me zero good to try and rush through and, and this season or, or take this season for granted. And as much as I just want to get to the point where I can hold this baby, I have got to wait for the Lord. So what are you waiting on right now? Where do you need to wait for the Lord? And how can we as a church community support each other in the waiting? That's what I love so much about that song they just sang so beautifully. It's this expression of support in the middle ground. As his wife was taking time to heal from her father's death, Chris Martin says, I will be here to support you and love you. I will wait with you as you grieve. Together we'll be patient. I will try my best. I'll try whatever I can, can do to fix you. That's the first lesson of our song and the first lesson of our scripture. The second uh, one is the thing that gives us the strength to wait on the Lord and be patient. Isaiah says very simply, there's hope. There's always hope. Remember what he writes. He says, have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He doesn't faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint and strengthens the powerless. I love that. Isaiah says, did you not know that our God never leaves us for a second? He doesn't get tired and walk away. He didn't leave you when you went into exile, and he's not going to leave you now. He gives us strength when we're weak. His message to these people who are weary, whose faith is starting to waver, is that there has been and there always will be hope. And y'all, this is, this is the great truth of our faith. This is the foundation of who we are and what we believe as followers of a risen Christ. There is never a moment when we have to question where our hope is. It's in God. It's in Jesus. It's in the resurrection. I love the story of Winston Churchill's funeral. Churchill uh, was the prime minister of the UK during World War II. Uh, he's widely considered to be one of the most uh, significant figures of the 20th century. And his funeral was actually uh, the first time that British royalty, that Queen Elizabeth or any uh, royalty, uh, ever went to a subject's funeral. Well, Winston Churchill was a very big personality, and, and so he decided to arrange his own service, his own funeral service. And it was, of course, beautiful. It was held in St. Paul's Cathedral, and, uh, and there were gorgeous hymns and impressive liturgy, and everybody was dressed impeccably well. And overall, it was a pretty traditional service, right up until the end. Just before his death, Winston Churchill planned an unusual way to close the service. After the pastor said the benediction, a trumpet player uh, high in the dome of St. Paul's Cathedral, played TAPS, the universal military signal that the day is over. But that wasn't the unusual part. After TAPS was finished, there was this long pause, this silent pause, and then another trumpet player on the other side of St. Paul's played this. Let's listen.
any of you were in the military, you probably just shut up in your seat a little bit. Uh, because that's Rivali, uh, the military wake-up call. And Churchill specifically requested that this song be the last part of his service. And he did this as a way of communicating that when we say goodnight here, we say good morning up there. And that just gives me chills. That is a beautiful, a powerful picture of hope. Churchill knew where he was going. And so when the world was watching, he wanted to share that hope, the knowledge of where he was with the world. And it's the same message that Isaiah is trying to communicate. He wants people to know that there is always hope. Look, we, we can have the same confidence as Churchill of where we're going. We can have a confidence that when we say goodnight here, we say good morning somewhere else. No exile is ever going to change that. Seventy years of hardship cannot change that. That's Isaiah's reminder for the Israelites. That our God never abandons us. Not when we run away like Augustine. Not when we're in the waiting period. Not when we're in the darkest seasons of our lives. Not even when we die. Because as he writes, he's an everlasting God. He's the creator of the ends of the earth. There is always hope. No matter where you are, God can take the broken pieces and fix you. God can take the broken pieces and make something beautiful. I said this, I don't even know how many times in sermons before, but this is one of my favorite things about God. I say it over and over because I love the fact that, that our God takes the worst parts of life and he brings beauty out of them. I have seen it in my ministry over and over and over. I've seen it in my life over and over. Just like Chris Martin makes this gorgeous song that we heard out of the grief from the loss of his father-in-law, God does the same thing, but bigger and better. God takes the broken pieces of our lives and our world and he does something good with them. It's like the Japanese art of kintsugi. Kintsugi, which I'm probably butchering that pronunciation, but uh, it's, it's a popular art uh, of repairing broken pottery by mending the areas of the breakage with a lacquer that they mix with gold or silver or platinum. So artists in Japan take pottery that inevitably gets broken just uh, throughout their work, and rather than throwing it away, disposing of it like most of us probably would, they make something beautiful out of it. And isn't that a perfect metaphor for what God does with us? He sees the broken pieces, the urgency and the rushing we have, the struggle we have with waiting, the challenges that we can't seem to shake, the sin that nips at our heels. He sees it all. And he takes the broken pieces and he repairs us with gold. He looks at us and says, I will fix you. Maybe tonight you're waiting on something and you're struggling in that period. Or maybe tonight you feel like a broken piece of pottery. Wherever you are, whatever you're wrestling with, never forget what St. Monica knew, what Winston Churchill knew, what Isaiah knew. There is 
always, always hope. That's the message of our scripture, and it may sound simple, but it is the greatest truth we have. It's good news. When we wait for the Lord, when we have that hope, we can mount up with wings like eagles. You know, that, that's what we believe. And there's a reason why if you recognize this scripture and you've been at White Chapel a while, you probably have heard it. This is the scripture John McKellar uses every single week as his benediction. And at the close of all of our Sunday services, we don't do it on Saturday, but uh, every uh, Sunday service we end with eagle's wings, which is also uh, based around the scripture. And again, there's a reason for that. We do it every week. We do it so often because it reminds us of that truth, that hope is always there. And that's something we can't be reminded of enough. And so we sing it every week as a reminder. John closes with it every week as a reminder. So as you go this week, remember that when we wait on the Lord, when we're patient and trust that God is at work in the midst of whatever it is you're going through, we can soar on eagle's wings. We can know that there is always hope. And as John says, we can run and not grow weary, we can walk and not grow faint, and we can spread God's love and his peace to the world around us. That's good news. Hallelujah. Amen. Will you bow your heads with me? God, there are those of us tonight who, who thank you, all of us tonight thank you for Isaiah's words, for reminders to be patient. Or maybe we walked in here tonight and, and we're in that waiting period. Something is coming, you're working on something, but we're getting anxious, we're getting frustrated, we wanna get there. Lord, help us to slow down. Help us to not fall into despair or anger. Help us to rest in the truth that we always have hope, that we are a people of resurrection, that there is no struggle, no challenge, no sin, no brokenness, that not even death can stop that. God, you have given us hope. Lord, we love you. We pray all of this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss new releases. We'll have new podcasts coming out all the time. Be sure to check us out online at whiteschapelumc.com. Please download the WC Life app, and follow us on social media to stay up to date with all things WC.